I googled leadership styles, and this is kind of hilarious what comes up. Because <laughs> you and I know in our, in our world of, you know, coaching and leadership stuff, there's there's a framework for everything. Yeah. And people love frameworks. So you, you look up leadership styles, <clears throat> the six Goldman leadership styles, <laughs> coercive leadership, authoritative leadership, affiliative leadership, democratic, pace setting, coaching leadership. And then <clears throat> this... <laughs> You get, there's just so many of them. Like this one is got transactional, pace setter, laissez-faire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. definitely your style. Imagine if in an interview you're asked, what kind of a leader are you? Laissez-faire. <laughs> like, I feel like they'd be like, I'm a transactional <laughs> leader. <laughs> you know, people tell me I'm transactional. Like, <laughs> It's just so aggressive, it some is. of these. I'm a bureaucratic leadership style. <laughs> And the pace setting, I'm kind of like, I'm a little stuck on that. <laughs> what does that even mean? What does it mean? I guess I mean? should can, know what these yeah, mean. Can right? you read that one? Is there like a... Pace setter. Well, I'm looking up, there's, uh, yeah, there's kind of a matrix that explains them more. And it does not... Oh, pace setter. Sets high standards for performance. Okay. That's the leader's modus operandum. Oh, modus operandum. <laughs> <laughs> then the style in a phase is, mm. what do you think? No, sorry, wrong one. Wait, wait, wait. Do it. Do as I do now. Now. <laughs> do as I do now. That's the pace setter? The pace setter is do as I do now. Underlying emotional intelligence competency is conscientiousness drives to achiever. See, I'm already like lost. Drives so to just, achieve. I, I don't know if I am or if I am not. How do you not know how to implement this? It's uh, so easy. <laughs> that's right. And then... What when the style works best is to get quick results from a highly motivated and competent team. You just do pace setter. Well, I just know that when I walk in the neighborhood with my girlfriends, I am the pace setter. Right. That's so that's your only- that's your leadership style. <laughs> that's your modus operandum. Yeah, that's it. So the overall impact on the climate of the walk oh, oh, see, is mm-hmm. negative. Uh oh, because I'm the pace setter. Yeah, that's what Uh-oh. the matrix would tell me about your walking style. It just has to style. do with very being very tall. I just long want you, stride. I just want you in the next time you guys walk, like right like, off the bat. I, I, like, I apologize. Should I apologize like, for being the pace setter? I'm just. I'm curious. What are your walking styles? <laughs> and they're confused, right. and then oh, just start talking mm-hmm. about pace setter and like real serious. Yeah. Like, so. I don't know. I'm getting sucked into yeah, this. Yeah, don't now. do it. It's just, <laughs> but it is fun. I've googled that with you and found some three top threes, and it's just hysterical. There's many, many different styles, and yeah. it's hysterical how people capture it or summarize it. I would like to do a member shout out. So I don't know if our clients know this, but sometimes we have a sponsor who brings us a client, and that sponsor sometimes is like just work with a bunch of leaders or things like this. Particular sponsor brought us a high, high functioning leader on her team that has so much, it's high potential, but has this one area that is just keeps circling back. And it has been around over talking and oversharing in meetings. Just the boundary there, but yeah. so smart and capable in 5,000 other areas, which is why she's paying for coaching for her because she doesn't want to lose her for this. I just, the shout out is that we've been working together now for three months and her, her manager actually said, I want you to know that I see a difference in the way that you are showing up at meetings. 
I was awesome. Cheers. Yeah. I was so it's small <laughs> tactical changes in her mind and yeah. in what she's doing physically with with her thoughts that have like changed the game. And it has been fun to work with this person. And and I loved that out of she didn't like ask for the compliment. Yeah. It came to her. It's such a cool dynamic too when there's so much trust between the leader and the person that they're like, all right, here's some feedback. And they've been talking about it. It's not yeah, a surprise. It not and it's a like, surprise. yeah, I want to work on that. How yeah. do I get better? And it's it's kind of a smart move to be like, well, why don't you do some coaching on that? Because mm-hmm. like, if I'm the one helping you, that might not be so great, you know? Or yeah. It, it's helpful to have like a safe space. You go mm-hmm. work on that and have a clear goal. Yeah. Man. I've loved it. Cheers to her. That's awesome. I want to talk today about what skills make you a better leader, because this is a common question we've been getting. And I like that it's tactical. It's kind of like better leader is subjective. What are the actual skills? Or we had someone ask us recently in a workshop, what is the definition of a great leader? Can you send me the checklist? (laughs) And I was like, I wish there was a checklist. One checklist. The Goldman Six leadership styles. (laughs) That's it. Like that doesn't exist, but there are common skills and there are kind of baseline things. That, by the way, does not make you an amateur. A lot of very senior or tenured leaders have never worked on some of these things Mm -hmm. or still need to, Mm -hmm. um, or you can just always get better at them. So, uh, what I the way I wanted to answer this question, if you can call it an answer, is is a bit of a, a perspective shift. So if you're asking me what are what skills make me a great leader, I think there's actually um, that's one of two buckets. And I think the two buckets are leadership skills and leadership presence. So what makes up a great leader isn't just the skills, but also leadership presence. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I in, in a lot of our coaching have found it's helpful to separate the two mm-hmm. because they are a little different. There's tons mm-hmm. of overlap, but they're a little different. One's mm-hmm. more internal, one's more external. Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to cover some skills, but what I love about that framing is if you think about all the different professions, mm-hmm. the, you're going to give us like a general list, but the truth is, uh, you know, whatever, I don't know, just give me a random job. Well, I was thinking about this with um, some family and some friends in the medical industry. Right, okay. um, Where they're still a little confused what I do sometimes. They're like, leadership training, what? Mm -hmm. Because that's not necessarily a normal thing in their field. Yeah. And part of it's because they're very much focused on the skills. They have to be really good at some skills. But the leadership presence part isn't just, isn't as common maybe in their industry. Or it's not as urgent in the day-to-day. Okay, so to break that down, if you're mm-hmm. talking about a doctor, so that's exactly, okay. a doctor, obviously, there's a list of skills that they have to be amazing at to be a good doctor. Well, yeah, I think you're onto something good, which is the knowledge worker, so more like just a corporate citizen yeah. who's a knowledge worker, it makes sense that leadership training has become more of a norm because your day-to-day skill set is influencing people, making mm-hmm. decisions, motivating, rallying, building teams, it's not as much about the skills as you move up mm-hmm. more and more. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it's actually less and less about the actual like skills of the it's more your of the job itself. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if that's where you're going with. I it, was. But. I was just thinking that no matter what you're doing, if you because sometimes people think of a leader as like you know a title. Yeah. And you and I both think that um, my 19 year old daughter could be a leader if she wants to be a leader, right? Yeah. So in her job as a server, she has skills as a server, but the, her presence also has a leadership style or it doesn't. Right. And I want to call something out there. I think uh, 
you're highlighting an important thing. Anyone at any level, quote unquote, can be a leader and probably already is leading in some part of their life. Even if it's just like, you're the one who makes your dinner every night, like you are leading in that area, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So everyone's a leader to some extent. Um, what you see though is in career, career wise, it tends to get amplified in its importance mm-hmm. and urgency mm-hmm. as you step, as you make transitions into leading people at different levels. So what we end up coaching with a lot of companies is groups of uh, people leaders, managers, because that suddenly makes a lot of leadership things more important to be good at. (laughs) Whereas before you were leading anyone, it's like that stuff still mattered, but you know, you you don't feel the urgency of it. Right. Uh, And then of course, as you get like even higher and higher into more executive levels, well now uh, there's a ripple effect of your leadership. So even more important. Um, when, When it comes to leadership skills versus presence, kind of just the way I think about it is skills are learned and practiced Mm -hmm. externally. Whereas presence is, takes a lot of self work internally. So skills, um, I kind of hesitate there because it's not a hundred percent one or the other, but skills tend to be a little more external where Mm -hmm. you learn it and you practice it Mm -hmm. and get better at it. And like you say, sometimes you actually, um, fake it to become it. Yeah. You kind of like get feedback, you practice Mm -hmm. it. Whereas leadership presence is more of an internal work. Mm -hmm. And that comes up in a lot of coaching, Mm -hmm. sometimes in different types of therapy, sometimes in just like Mm self-reflection or um, mentorship. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little more of an inner work. Yeah. It's internal work that does show up externally, but the work has to be done so much internally in order to show up externally a lot. It's a great point. Like a lot of the skills can fall flat on their face if you haven't done the internal part. Mm-hmm. You might be really good at delegating uh, by the textbook, but if you do it without any of the internal work, mm-hmm. it's not, it's actually not going to work very well. So, so let's start with skills. A few examples to throw out to kind of put some tangible, um, to make this tangible. Prioritization, how to prioritize work, Delegation, feedback, um, both giving and receiving feedback. Mm-hmm. Also, if that category can be about developing people, mm-hmm. and it can also be about difficult conversations. There's a lot in that feedback one. Feedback is probably one we get asked to coach on at a very high percentage. They don't know how to give it or receive it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a difficult one, and so it helps to learn some tactical skills and practice it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, time blocking is huge communication uh you know fundamentals there's also just things about leading meetings and Mm. developing people Mm -hmm. and then of course more of the obvious stuff is how do you craft a vision how do you set a strategy how do you create goals and plans and be a project manager like those are um the, the kind of obvious ones but i think for me i like that the skills list gets really tactical because, you know, you and I have had gigs where um, the company hiring us will be like, all right, so, you know, these leaders are not just like your average leaders. These are high potential, high leaders. potential leaders. And so we want some like high level stuff, you know, or we give them some practical stuff. And they're like, that was a little too basic. We want like high level. And what they're saying, I think, is we want um, like the latest TED Talk or research Mm -hmm. topics 
which are great. And I think those matter. Mm-hmm. But what we kind of respond with is, okay, so how is it going with things like delegating and giving feedback and developing their people? And it's, it's not even going sometimes. No. Mm-hmm. And so the basics aren't even happening, but we're wanting to jump to these advanced concepts. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot, I it think, does. because we're, we're a knowledge culture where it's like, I think that because I learned it and I listened to a podcast, check, now I'm an expert at it. Oh my goodness, but I've yeah. never done it in practice. Yeah. I've just learned about it. And truth, I'm, I'm preaching to myself too. It's like, yeah. I find myself doing this all the time. We're like, wait, 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 have I actually like practiced and implemented that and mm-hmm. felt out what it's like to do it in the day to day? Because talking about delegating versus doing it is a whole nother animal. Mm-hmm. And so I love the yeah, super we have so tactical people say, Yeah, 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 I delegate. Oh my gosh. And then when we coach them on how to, they're like, no, 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 I'm not delegating. They're like, I'm not. It's a whole thing. Because they don't know where to begin. Years and yeah, years to kind of, I mean, yeah. I feel like every day I'm trying to learn how to do yeah. this thing better. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. So I like that they're super tactical skills because those are the things that matter in the day in and day out. Um, if you can't, of course, to your point, feedback comes off, comes up the most frequently because there's dysfunction and there are conflicts mm-hmm. all the time, every day in our work. And if we can't have a regular way of talking about it, it, it just balloons and becomes this really big set of problems. Um, but doing feedback is hard mm-hmm. in the moment. It's hard to know how to approach it. It's hard to know. Uh, so we just avoid it. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on Like, do any of the skills um, other than feedback stand out to you? Well, you finished, did you finish reading the whole list? Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about how hard some of them are, mm-hmm. you know, that to be good at all of them, that was my first thought is really difficult, you know? Um, <clears throat> like I have a lot of very technical thinkers or technical minded individuals who would say, Ooh, gosh, look, looking at this list, leading meetings is just feels like something, uh, I, I, a don't get the opportunity to do very often, but I am not good at it. So I think just what's standing out to me is I love that it's just given us, you, you gave us a baseline list. Yeah. And the there's idea like a is whole bunch of, of skills. Yeah, yeah. What stands, pick one. Absolutely. And that's go what I was that. thinking. So yeah. it's actually, um, this, this is part of a broader list that's linked in the show notes. And it, it is a list that we often give to people who are just entering coaching mm-hmm. or to a company who wants to know like what kind of topics we should mm-hmm. talk about because they're the, either the most requested or the most like, fundamental to leading people Mm -hmm. um what what i like about it is so for me in college i didn't get to um, learn many of these things i do think that's changing and a lot of people now are starting to learn these skills Mm -hmm. um, at younger ages and even before college problem is if you're not implementing it if you're not having to use it in your actual day-to-day then those learnings get lost. So someone maybe takes a class senior year of high school on these, on some of these topics. They don't use it f- until 10 years later. It, it's, it's gone. It's, it's kind of lost. You're not actually building any muscles. So a lot of times these are great coaching topics or why people come to coaching because a little later in your career, when you're actually using this stuff, now it's, now it's, um, not just important, but easier to implement mm-hmm. because the thing we're working on in our coaching conversation today, I'm actually going to use this afternoon, you know, I'm going to use it tomorrow and the next day. So that's kind of why I think some of these 
end up being like the, this list of skills are actually some of the main reasons people come to coaching and why coaching is growing so much as an industry. Cause we've kind of got these knowledge jobs where it's like, we didn't learn how to do this stuff. We learned how to do some skills that we use for a while, but now our job is actually leading people. And you're right. So much of this though, you really learn on the job that you just do. It, mm-hmm. it, it is hard. I mean, some of them like prioritization and time blocking and communication, you're learning in college, things like that. But boy, I mean, you're not learning developing people until you actually start developing people. Yeah. And I think you and I both love coaching on these because they're also just life skills. You know, mm-hmm. of course, leadership makes mm-hmm. it more of a thing. Fancy, I know. Um, that's kind of like why you would pay to work on it. But yeah, a lot of them are life skills and um, and help you in all aspects of your life. So let me just jump to the second one, which is leadership presence. Mm-hmm. And this one's a little harder to wrap your head around. A lot of times people, once they get to more of like an executive leader level, will often go to mm-hmm. retreats or trainings to kind of work on this stuff. Um, and so it starts to make more sense. But before that, sometimes it's like, what, what? is this anyway? So a few examples. I'm just like going to shoot from the hip here. But uh, you might say about a leader, like, oh, she's she's a really like collaborative leader. You know, what's, what is she like? I don't know. She's like a really collaborative leader. She's very inclusive. Um, or, oh, yeah, uh, you know, what is what is he like? He's kind of um, a bit more top down, like authoritarian. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much like he wants to control things and have give direction and tell tell people how to do it. Or maybe it's like, oh, yeah, um, he's a very relatable re- leader like he coaches people through things and you feel like you can kind of um brainstorm together with him and so or oh you were saying this the other day like that person really is like um they lead out in front Mm -hmm. they're kind of the figurehead and they lead the charge and people follow versus like someone who leads from more from behind and Mm -hmm. they're a little more behind the scenes and so that's their style Mm -hmm. this is the kind of stuff we mean when we say leadership presence. Mm-hmm. It's like how you show up and how someone would describe you to their friends as a leader. How do you feel like people step into figuring out what their presence is? It's a hard one, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, like I said, there are a lot of retreats or things where you can go work on this. We've done, we often do workshops with teams where we start to introduce these ideas and mm-hmm. give some prompts and some mm-hmm. exercises to start exploring it. Mm-hmm. But I do think this is where personalities, um, personality assessments can really help jumpstart mm-hmm. because a lot of this ties to your communication style. Mm-hmm. So lately you've been doing a lot with um, uh, insights discovery, yeah. which focuses on your communication style. So an assessment like that is really a good jumpstart. You do the assessment you read the results and then you do a coaching session around it and you're just starting to gain awareness like, oh yeah, this is how I show up or this is how I want to show up. But I think from there, it really is like an iterative thing. You kind of have to like get some awareness and think about it, but then like observe yourself in action and like feel mm-hmm. it out on the job. Mm-hmm. I've had some people say to me, I, I don't even know where to begin yet with what I want my presence to be. First of all, we all have a natural presence, but we can work on that presence. That is one thing you can, you can change the way that you come across. 
So when people say, where should I begin? I really just tell them to start observing others. I just want you to observe how others show up. What do you like about their presence? And what do you not like about their presence? Is there anything that you would like to exude? Or is you know you do not want to exude? Start there and then also start getting feedback on your presence. Just ask people, hey, I'm starting to work on this. How do you notice that I show up? You just have to start to raise your self-awareness. Without a coach, sometimes it's hard here, but try saying, all right, I'm going to try. The hard thing is to identify. Sometimes you'll feel like, I love that person's presence, uh-huh. but I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the hard one. Uh-huh. You're just like, what is it? What is it? Oh, I've been stuck even there sometimes. Yeah. You really have to examine and look, is it about the way they pause? Sometimes it's as simple as the way that they, yeah. they pause before yeah. they speak so quickly or they slow down uh-huh. a little bit or they, they just, they're fun. It's like, you got to try to figure out what it is that you like about their presence. I agree. I think it is helpful to know that and give yourself grace that this one takes longer. Mm-hmm. The skills, you can point to the list. And you could jump in a coaching session and work on that skill. Yeah. But this stuff does take a little more time, yeah. some noticing, some kind of iterating. Yeah. So let me rephrase what you said, because I think this is one of your, um, I don't want to say best. This is one of your better tips for leaders that happens often. You say, the way you say it to them is like, pick someone you admire mm-hmm. and start to think about and notice how they do it. Yeah. How they show up. And I like that you, I don't know, that word or that phrase, picking someone you admire, Yes, I think just helps. Because yep. there's a reason you admire them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I especially like when you have them do it right then and there. They're like, okay, so I'll, I'll do that next week. Yeah, no, like, no, no, right no, no, now. right now. Like, who yeah. is someone? <laughs> so right now, as you're listening to the podcast, pause and think about, it doesn't have to be yeah. the perfect, you know, you're not looking for like the model person. It's just so, who, someone you admire. And mm-hmm. then you're starting to notice why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that advice. So you're looking for things like, here's my list. This is not all encompassing, but character. I think that's huge. This yeah. is not like the Well, character is totally different than, <laughs> different than charisma. Yeah. I, I, would, I really want someone who has charisma, but I really want someone who has character behind it because just the charisma can really yeah. kind of not go so great. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So their character, their style, not just their style, but kind of their signature style, what they're mm-hmm. known for, how you, right. how you would describe them to your friends. Um, and then things like um, if, uh, if they are inspiring, if they are connecting, yeah. if they, uh, what is their emotional intelligence like? Yeah. Uh, self-awareness or how they manage themselves. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm thinking about a leader who recently was saying, I think my style is, or no, no, no. It was the team was saying this about him. Like you are, you're a leader who is very thoughtful. Like you're always mm-hmm. writing your notebook and listening. And I feel like you're really listening to me. And then you collect your thoughts and then you present a very like measured, res- well yeah. thought out response. Mm-hmm. I love that. That mm-hmm. was like his signature, what he was known yep. for. <laughs> and mm-hmm. all the t- the other team members were like nodding in agreement, like, oh yeah, uh-huh. So um, that was like a way that he shows up, but also a way he manages himself. He's mm-hmm. worked on that over the years yeah. a lot, you mm-hmm. know? Okay, it's also mindset stuff. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking coaching territory big time where it's very internal work, but it's like, what's, what is the narrative going on in your head? What are the stories you tell yourself that either like help or hinder you? What's the... um 
what's kind of the the thing going on in your head. So all these are are aspects of leadership presence. I like this list better than the Skills? six Goldman types. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I think frameworks are helpful, yes. but those I, those are a little too narrow. Yeah. Like your presence as a leader is way more than one word. There's yeah. many facets mm-hmm. of it. So sometimes mm-hmm. I think it's helpful to think about um, the character, the style, the how you show up. Mm-hmm. I could go off on this one like crazy because I just love the idea of helping anyone improve their presence. It can really change the way, well, any skill set that you have, you increase it with presence and all of your career is just going to shift wherever you work, even in a grocery store. If you you have a good presence, people just love it. They can't even put their finger on it, but they walk away and they're like, I like that person. Yeah. I like the way that person showed up. And I'm just passionate about the fact that you can make the change. Uh-huh. An, an example of change, can I just give one example of change? Yeah. If you know me, I am a very smiley person, but that is not welcome in all settings. And in my younger years, I was definitely given the feedback that I smiled too much. I was like, what? That's like in high school, what everybody complimented me on, you know, but as I grew in maturity and in, um, in the workplace, that the smile could mean people didn't take you seriously if you kept it at that way. Anyway, get that feedback. Then what are you going to do with it? All right. Yeah. But I worked on it. I learned when to smile, when to bring my smile down, when to raise my voice, when to slow down. It's just fascinating how it changed my presence. It is. And so full circle, back to what you said, it was a leadership presence thing that led to a skill. Yep. And so they are all connected. They are. But it started as more of an internal awareness. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. One for me that I'm still working, I'll be working on this one forever. But I've, I've also um, talked about it with a lot of other leaders if you're a thinker or a problem solver and early on in your career, that's what you're praised for and rewarded for. Mm-hmm. And then you're more leading people a lot. And so you go into thinking mode. And what I do is I go into thinking mode is like my default, mm-hmm. but my face then looks disengaged or mad or like mm-hmm. any number of things that I'm giving off that I don't want to be. Um, and so it starts with that internal awareness. Yep. And now I'm still continuing to work on the skill of like verbalizing where I'm at in my right. head. Yeah. How often does that one come up? Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's like, it's hard. I'm actually really engaged in thinking, but my face does not look like that. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, people are queuing off of your presence. Yeah. So it's like, it matters how they're reading me. And whereas it didn't matter when I was like, mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, a newbie in the job, just doing the tasks. Mm-hmm. So that's one for me that mm-hmm. I still struggle with big time. Yeah. <laughs> What's really funny, though, because when you start to do that, you're usually the exact opposite of what you're portraying, which is really interested in what's happening in the moment and what's being said. You're just you're, you're it took your brain somewhere because you were excited about the topic. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, of course, some of those frameworks we joked about do have some helpful things like yes. um, some leaders' presence is very visionary. Like mm-hmm. they are the ones coming mm-hmm. with the, yeah. here's where we're headed. Yeah. Um, and that's how they, that's like what they're known for or how they show up. Mm-hmm. Some are more like motivational leaders and yeah. they're kind of always like rallying the troops. Or some are very like decision-making is their presence. Mm-hmm. They are kind of like, gathering and taking it in and they're very decisive and so all these they're not good or bad they can have good and bad sides but they're just um helpful in knowing how what skills make me a better leader mm-hmm. well some of the tactics and also some of the 
how do you want to show up and how's that going? All right. So, um, I think these are important topics for you as a leader, but also because how you show up sets the tone and the culture, uh, for whoever you lead. And so it's a worthwhile thing. If you want to, um, start to work on this or, or, uh, make progress in this, in this question, I would say pick one thing, just pick one thing. Again, the, um, the list of the skills is in the show notes. And, uh, we gave you some tips on how to approach the presence side of it, but pick one thing you want to work on. And, um, you can also grab a coaching session with us on the website to kind of start to sort it out. Of course, we work with teams on this stuff and we have, um, you know, broader coaching programs in our membership. But if you just want to kind of grab one session to start to sort this out or figure out what to do with it, uh, you can do that as well. Mm-hmm.